Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for week three of our Be Bold series. We're talking about the early church. We're talking about how that they lived out their faith and they lived it out with boldness. Boldness is that willingness to step out. Boldness is that willingness to go, man, I'm all in. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. And over the past three weeks, we've, we've gotten to see some pretty cool stuff. The first week of our series, we talked about being bold in our faith and how in that early church that they were coming to know Christ. And then Peter says that you need, then need to be baptized and how they put on that uniform of faith. Last Sunday night, we had 67 people not only say that they're followers of Christ, but they were bold at our lake baptism, and they stepped out and were baptized last week. Would you congratulate all those folks? It was an awesome, awesome night. And I tell you what, it never gets old seeing people of all ages live out their faith and live out that story of what God has begun in their lives. And it, it's, it's a night every year when we leave Dallas Landing, we go, man, I can't wait for next year. And we do baptisms all year, but that one is just special because we get to all be out there together and you see family and friends taking pictures and it is awesome awesome and so uh, it was a great night if you missed it I, we've got another baptism coming up here in a couple weeks and there's information in your worship guide and on the uh, website that you can check out well today we're going to continue the series of the early church so I want you to take your Bibles turn to the book of Acts Acts chapter 2 we're only going to look at one verse today Acts 2 verse number 45 if you've got your app out you can go ahead and pull that out you've also got your worship guide and we'll reference it that you were given earlier in the service so at the top of your worship God I want you to write down a word ready here's the word I want you to write down family I want you to write down that word family family is a great word now depending on how you were raised or how you grew up you may not have had a great family experience but in some sort and in some way we've all had a family of some sort throughout the years yesterday this is fresh on my mind because yesterday we gathered at my house for our annual summer family party we celebrate all the summer birthdays and and all that kind of stuff and it's for my side of the family for my brother and my brother this summer had a big birthday he turned 60 this summer which is you're like well what's the big deal of that he has 11 year old twins god bless them all right that's beautiful all right all those years he was ah oh, living the single life mr fun uncle you know sending the crazy gifts oh yeah it's coming back to haunt him now 60 with 11 year olds i'm like dude I'm not even 50 yet, and mine are almost out of college. All right, and so it's a beautiful thing. But there's nothing like family. My sister has 25-year-old twins. They both have sets of twins. We were not blessed that way, thankfully. But anyways, and so what we gather together, and it just brings back so many memories because when we get together, I am, I'm 49, and I still feel like a baby when we're all together. I'm the baby of the family. How many of you, you were blessed? God loved you enough 
and God blessed your family enough that you're the baby of your family. Raise your hand. These are wonderful people, all right? They all came to the 11 o'clock because they didn't want to get up at 930, all right, because life revolves around the babies. And so that's the way that it works. We learned that growing up. And so growing up, you know, it's funny. We, we get together and we all revert back. My sister's the middle child. And so she's like, she, she's playing the middle child. My brother's the older elder statesman. And then I'm the baby of the family and, and that, that kind of, and it's funny you, you sort of, that's the family dynamics. You know, when God created a family, created this organism that he meant to take care of each other. And so I was blessed with a family. So I have a 24-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter. And Ann and I have just loved being their parents. And we had a rule when they were growing up. And the rule was, when you came home, that home was the safest place on earth. That was our rule. We want home because the world is mean. Would y'all agree with that? The world is not nice. You had a middle schooler lately? All right, and so the, world, the world's not a nice place. The world can be pretty tough. But when you're at home, this is safe zone, right? We're safe here. When God created the early church, he created a family, which is unique because back during this time, the synagogue that they were all used to going to was a place that you went, a place that you gave, but it wasn't necessarily a place that did what the early church did for each other. So what they are experiencing now, right, is totally different than anything they've ever known before. So on one day, to catch you up on the story, if you've missed one of the weeks, Simon Peter stands up and he preaches the gospel of who Jesus is. This is 10 days after the ascension. So Jesus has died. He's been there for 40 days. He ascends back to heaven. 10 days later, Simon Peter, Simon Peter is preaching about who Jesus is. And we know that on that day, 3,000 people said yes to who Jesus is, and they became followers. And Simon Peter tells them, you need, to be, you need to be baptized. You need to put on the uniform of salvation to show outwardly what the decision you made inwardly was. And they did. And then last week, we talked about how they began to meet together in homes, and they began to connect with each other in Bible study that, that's different than now because then they were just hearing the stories. They were hearing the news of who Jesus was, but they used these circles to encourage one another. Tonight, we've got an event called Group Link, which is awesome because at Group Link, there's over 100 already registered that are going to get connected with other people, whether singles, couples, college, whatever it is. That's tonight, and there's information out in the lobby on that, but that's what this group of people did. But they were learning now what this family represented. They were learning now what this new organism called the early church really was, and Luke records this for us in the book of Acts, and he says this, verse number 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had, what's the last word? Need. This early church began to be very bold in the compassion that they loved with. So here's all they knew. They didn't, so we're here, we come out of the, the womb in church world 21 years ago, and we had some great churches to look up to. 
Saddleback Church out in California was one of our founding churches. Rick Warren, many of you are familiar with Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Life. They were one of the churches that helped us. First Baptist Woodstock helped us. We had other churches that we looked to to help us. Listen, back then they didn't have another church to look to. They didn't have anywhere else to look. Here's who they looked to back then about how they set up the model for this church. They looked to Jesus and they said, we just want to look and love like Jesus. And if we do that, then we're going to end up okay. Well, this family back then had a really good idea of what this thing was about. And we're going to do today what they had to do. We're going to try to figure it out for ourselves so we can love and look like Jesus too. Would you pray with me? Father, over these few short minutes that we have together this morning, God, I pray what this family learned, what this family of the early church experienced, God, I pray we can experience this compassion, this bold compassion that they loved with and lived with, that they changed the course of history with. God, may it be true of us. So, Father, over these few short minutes today, may we meet with you. May you settle in with us, and may we hear from you. Right where you're seated this morning, whether it's in Compass or you're watching online or in the theater in Overflow, would you just ask God to speak to your heart, would you? God, speak to us, show us, teach us, and, and use us the way that you intend. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pen, pencil, something to write with. You got your thumbs to type with if you got the app out. To become a church like this church. Now, now here's why I love this. Everybody look at me. We all have very different church experiences, and we'll talk about it a little bit. This was the, this was the, the coming out. It was the origination of, of this model that God had set up for us, and we learned some things. Lesson number one, if we're going to become a church, we've got to pray this prayer. Lord, open my eyes. Would you write that down? Lord, open my eyes. If my eyes are open, I am able to what? See. <clears throat> it is very easy to live this life and not see it is very easy to live this life and take it's very easy to live this life and look at me it's not as easy to see lord open my eyes that i can see look at look at the verse we put under there as any had what what was the word need the only way we will see the needs of others or if our, or is if our eyes are open to see it. Because our natural inclination, okay, I'm not going to say our, my natural inclination is to take care of me and to see my needs. I am wired that way. I am a selfish human being at my core and I have to train my eyes to see out because typically I'm always looking in and I'm measuring up what this does to me how this affects 
me. This early church, it's the craziest thing. So they come out and they begin to meet. And then all of a sudden, you know what they do? They begin to look around them to meet the needs of the people around them. Lord, open my eyes so that I could see. They were the, they were the picture of Jesus's life. When you find Jesus all throughout the Gospels, we spent basically a year plus in Mark and a year plus in the book of John. And what we learned as we followed the ministry of Jesus, he was always looking out. He was always seeing the need. His disciples weren't that way. They were seeing what the problems were. They were seeing how it affected them, but not Jesus. Jesus is always focused on others. This church said, Lord, open our eyes. So they didn't, they didn't have a model to go by. They didn't have anything to look to and go, oh, okay, so this church did it this way. This was brand new to all of them. But they began to understand, God has put us here to take care of each other in our community. And here's what we know. Well, Mike, was it just them? No. Scripture says the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. So this need was continuing to grow. And they began to live and to love. Lord, open my eyes. You know, it's, um, I am really good at noticing when you don't notice the needs of others but I'm not really good at noticing when I don't notice the needs of others. I can look at your life and go, well, they didn't notice the needs of others. They're being selfish. If I don't notice the needs of others, I'm just busy. All right, and so have y'all ever done that, played that little game before? God, they're so selfish. And I'm like, I'm so busy. And, and so it's, it's amazing how we live that way. This early church, they had this ability. They were able to live with this bold compassion because they saw they were able to meet any as they had need. And the needs were many because here's the deal. These guys stood out like a sore thumb. They were, they were the beginning of this movement of Christ followers. Remember this. Remember this. There was a group that had it in for Jesus, and it was the religious leaders of the day. And now they're not happy with this new group either. In fact, as the book of Acts, if you keep, we'll, we're going to jump out of it in two weeks, but if you keep reading on the book of Acts, you'll see that they tried to purge the world of this early church, these people of the way. But they began to live with this bold compassion. Lord, open my eyes so I can see what goes on around me. The most dangerous prayer you'll ever pray before you leave your house every morning is, God, show me today what you want me to see. You'll be shocked what you may see because there's needs all around us. There's needs here. There's needs out in this world. Point number two, Lord, unclench my hands. Lord, unclench my hands. Selling their possessions and their belongings. Nobody's telling them to do this. They're just doing it. It's the outgrowth of what God's doing in their life. They're selling off everything that they've got. Lord, unclench my hands. So under number two, I want you to write two words. This, this, this could set your life on a different trajectory if you get this. Ready? Here's the deal. Owner, steward. Write those two words. Owner, steward. How many college students are in the room today? Raise your hand if you're a college student. All right, tons of you guys. We're serving a free lunch to college students afterwards. 
I don't know if you came to hear me or the free lunch, but I'm glad you're here, all right? And so let, let me help you out real quick, all right? You want to change your life when you get in the working world, all right? Figure out what it means to be an owner and steward. An owner, everybody look at me, lives like this. It is mine. It is my possessions. It is my stuff. It is my talents. It is my abilities. It is my, my money. It's my house. It's my car. It's, it's my time. They live like this. Owners go, it's mine. So I live like this. I live with clenched hands. Here's the problem with clenched hands. Do I have the ability, yes or no, to take in any more with clenched hands, yes or no? No. Do you want to live an unfulfilled life? Choose to live this way. Here's why. Because you're always afraid if you lose it, you will lose you. You hear me? You're always afraid if I lose it, I will lose who I am. I will lose me. Because without this, I'm not anything. So I'm going to hold on to it. I work for it. I earned it. I deserve it. I'm going to live like this. And are there people, yes or no, in this world that live like this? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. If you're seated next to one of them, do not point, all right? Because these, these can be very unhappy people at times because we're always in fear of what could happen and what I could lose. And, and, and here's what we'll find out, for, especially for college students. The adults have figured all this out. But, but as you, as, when you're young, you begin to feel like that my stuff represents me. My talents represent me. That's not true. That is not true. It is super easy when we live like this, clenched hands, to have our identity wrapped up in whatever that may be, our talents, our gifts, our abilities, our stuff, whatever it is. So our identity is wrapped up in it. Here's the problem. When you lose it, not if, when, when you lose it, you lose you. Tough existence. So you work really hard. How many of y'all would say, man, when I get up, I work hard? Raise your hand. I'm gonna raise my hand with you. I work hard. If, you, if you're gonna say, no, nah, I don't work hard, I don't really know what to say to you. All right. And so I think most people, most people I know go, yeah, I work really hard. All right. So let's all, let's all throw ourselves and make ourselves feel good. So we're gonna throw ourselves in that category. Well, we learned. So North Star started in 97. We learned in 2001 after 9-11, the world can change quickly, true? Yes. People can lose stuff quick. I watched the market just go, shoo, and when the market goes, shoo, the church goes, shoo, we're the same way. We're tied to the market because we're tied to you. 2007, 2008, those are big, robust economy years, Right. I remember having people sitting in a Bible study that I led that were building neighborhoods in 2006 and hanging gutters in 2007. And they learned this really quickly. We don't own anything. We're just passing through. We live like this. We're in trouble. But then you have an option. Here's the option. The option is to live like this. God, whatever you have isn't for me. 
I'm going to be a good steward of it, but it's not mine. It's a beautiful place to live, ladies and gentlemen. This early church learned to live this way. They learned to live with open hands. You know what I find out with people that live with open hands? They're happy people because whatever they have, they're blessed with. Whatever they don't have, it's okay because this is the way I choose to live. So my daughter, this week we move her back to college, back to Virginia. She's going to be living in an apartment. I don't own the apartment she lives in. We're just borrowing it for a year so we can move her stuff in. It's not like we're moving the whole house up there and going, yeah, we're going to squat after her rent's up. All right, and so we're, we're, we're going to move her in and we're going to move her out. We live in a house. We lived in our house for 18 years. I don't own my house. Bank does. But anyways, so I don't own my house. It's, it's, a, it's on loan to me. Everything I make is on loan to me. The gifts that you've been given, they're on loan to you. They're a gift. Everybody look at me. Do you use those gifts like this? Or do you use those gifts like this? When my mom passed away two days ago, if I told you I got one, or if I told you I got 50, I don't even know the number. But when news got out that my mom had passed, I started getting emails and letters, Facebook notes. Your mom sent me money when I was in college. Your mom sent me money my first year of marriage. Your mom sent me a roll of quarters so I could go to the laundromat. And she didn't send it one time, Mike. She sent a roll of quarters for four years of college. Every month I would get a roll of quarters from your mom saying, I hope this helps out a little bit. It was unbelievable. I was like, what letter? I was going to read you. I don't even know what letter to pick. You know, it was the picture of a lady who lived like this. When you meet people that live like this, it's a beautiful thing because it's not about them. It really is about other people. It really is a life that's about giving. And here's the beautiful part. She doesn't live at her earthly address anymore, but that gift, when people live like this, they keep on living through stories and people around them. You've each been given a talent. What are you doing with that talent? Number three, ready? Lord, exercise my heart. Lord, exercise my heart. And they began to distribute. They began to give. They began to give to any as had need. But means they were active with their gifts. They were going out with their gifts. They were serving with their gifts. The family of God that God had created, they said, okay, God, you called us here. Now I'm going to be active with it. I'm not a spectator. I'm not watching. I'm living like this. Show me the need, and I'm jumping in, and I'm helping out. I'm not standing on the sidelines going, well, I hope all that works out for them. Man, I got active in it. Everybody look on your, your little worship guide. Pull out, pull out a little worship guide. I tucked it in my pocket. I apologize. But there's all these needs of North. So every week... There are a lot of people come through North Star. We, are, we don't have big building, but we got lots of people. These needs that are there aren't needs. They're opportunities for you to use the gifts that God's given you. You know the most unfulfilling way to attend North Star? 
is to only experience a Sunday. If that's all you do, man, eh, it's okay. But when you begin to use the gifts and abilities that God has given you, you know, I was thinking about this when I was watching worship this morning. I snuck up the hill, selfish dad. They were at our high school area, middle school area, a little look-in this morning. There, it was, but they ran out of chairs. We didn't have enough chairs upstairs for all the kids. It was awesome. And I walked back down here. I'm sitting down here watching the band. You know, there's only one person up here that works here, and that's Josh, and worship isn't even part of his job. He's got a whole other job here at North Star. All these people up here are volunteers. All these people on cameras around this room are volunteers. And you're saying, Mike, you want me to sing? Not if you can't sing. I don't want you to sing. All right, so. <laughs> Lord said, made a joyful noise. I've sat next to some of you people. All right, and so it's a noise, but it may not be joyful. That, but there's something you're good at, something I'm good at. If you ever watch our team, they have these in-ear things. Sometimes my microphone will get in their ears, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs. You'll see them popping those things out of their ears, right? Because I, I can't sing. That's not my gig. Well, Mike, there's a thing on here to be a greeter, but I don't really like people. Please, I'm begging you, don't be a greeter, all right? Don't. Stop. Don't stand at the door and act like you hate people, all right? And so, been there. I've seen that before. That ain't fun. There's something on here for everybody. Here's what I know. 89% of our community, ladies and gentlemen, does not come to church. 89% of our community does not come to church. If they started coming, could we serve them? If God's called you here, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. For many of you, you look on here and say, man, I see something that I need to do. On this little card, it gives you different options. Take your next step. I want you to put your name, your, your phone number, and an email on there and check which one of those boxes you say, yeah, that's for me. Here's what I'm telling you. I don't get jacked about crowded rooms. I don't get all pumped because we had a big Sunday with no seats. I get fired up. When I see people walk through baptism, when I see people plug into a small group, and when I see people begin to serve. Because when they're all in, they're all in. A few years ago, gosh, it was Dabo's second, third year with Clemson. He'd been promoted as an assistant coach mid-year, and they, they, they made a pretty quick turn the following year or two. I don't remember exactly what year it was. And they asked me to come do chapel service for them downtown before the Georgia Tech game. So I drove down on a Friday night down to the hotel they were staying in. I've never met Dabba, don't know anything about the guy. He is not on Sports Illustrated. He's not the guy then. He was just a, he's just a coach. And so I'm standing at a door with him. The chaplain introduces me to him. And the players are filing in. This is what I remember about that. And I'm not a Clemson fan, all right? And I know there's a lot of Clemson fans here, but I'm not a Clemson fan. In fact, they were in town to play my favorite team, Georgia Tech. And so I'm actually in there going, these big guys, I would never tell them I'm a Tech fan because they scare me, all right? And so, um, but I remember standing at the door with Dabo, and he, he was standing at the door, and all the boys had a coin. All these young men had a coin. And the coin said, all in. That's what the coin said. And they walked, they had to walk by coach, Dabo, coming in. And he'd look them in the eye, and he would say, you all in? You all in? Coach, I'm all in. And they'd give him a coin. He'd put it in a bucket, and he'd hug them. That's all I want. I just want to know you're all in. 
I mean, 90 kids, I don't know how many kids walked in, they were big. And they come walking through there. You all in? Coach, I'm all in. I love you. I didn't hug him. And buddy, I watched a guy when nobody's looking at them begin to build a culture of buy-in and, and we're all in the same, we're a family, we're all in this thing together. You know what they do in their locker room? They'll, they'll set a chair down during training camp and every player at some point during that year is going to sit in that chair and tell their story of where they grew up, how they grew up and that's how you become a family. You don't become a family because we put on the same uniform, that's part of it. You don't become a family just because we say we play on the same North Star team. We become the same family when we're all in together. We've bought in and we've, we've, we've poured in. So I don't know if North Star has just been that place you've been checking out for a while. You've been coming. That's good, man. You don't need to do anything. But if you go to North Star's home, North Star's my home team, be bold serve. I'm telling you. Tonight, all across our community, there are 97 high school students registered to begin a small group tonight. 97 high school kids. A couple years ago, we had 30 kids coming. 97 kids that are going to somebody's home that's opening the home. Somebody's going to be teaching. Somebody's going to be pouring in those kids. And those kids' lives will be changed forever because somebody chose to live like this with their gifts. In this building right now are birth through fifth grade in this building and people living like this that are pouring into your children we need more of you we can't meet the needs of this community if we live like this we can only meet the needs of this community when we live like this and if anything has categorized everybody look at me if anything has categorized North Star Church over the last 21 years it's people that live like this it's people that are they not the happiest people in the world in the parking lots and at the doors Every week, they live like this. They actually seem like they're really glad you're here. They live like this. Be all in. And when you're all in, you never regret it. Would you pray with me? God, I can't imagine what that early church was like. They all felt every win. And God, they mourned every loss. And they knew at the end of the day they couldn't do it without each other. maybe we be a replica of that in 2018 not a church that's got it all together and we'll never have it all together not a church that's the coolest church or the hippest church or trendiest church but God I just pray we're a church that lives with open hands and somebody could say about us they're just different God, we just want to be a church that looks like Jesus and is all in.
Father, my passion for these amazing people that sit in all these chairs this morning and watch online this morning, my passion for them is that they are bold to live out and trust you. Because God, in that boldness and in that time with open hands, we discover the people that you created us to be. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.